We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Back in the studio once again, we are bringing the heat, everybody. Hey, uh, it's time for another podcast. And uh, and the evolution of the studio continues. Got a, uh, that wife of mine, that lovely wife of mine, bought me some uh, brand new headphones, which, uh, oddly enough, are louder on the outside uh, than they are on the inside. And it's the damnedest thing. Uh, yeah, like, I'll be uh, mixing my sweet beats not true uh and uh I, and and miriam's just like it's so loud it's like it's like you've just put speakers next to your head and i can just hear everything hey man you bought them for me all right this was not my purchase but i love them i think they sound great don't ask me what they are uh, some sort of uh, sennheiser beige puffy headphones they're great i love them um so what you're listening to right now, uh, I so uh, as you know, uh, in the last episode, I dug out all my old reel-to-reel tapes, and uh, you know I, I remixed all the Richard stuff. And uh, oh, by the way, I'm uh, making mashed potatoes. So if I have to uh, jump away for just a second, uh, or you hear a beeper going off, that, that means uh, I gotta go to the next phase. So anyway, just keep that in mind. Mashed potatoes. Anyway, so I had my old reel-to-reel out, and uh, I came across. Oh, this is such a crazy story. So, um, back in the day, uh, when before the digital revolution and recording studios were actually a thing and they weren't just like, hey, I'm going to buy, you know, $5,000 worth of gear and start my own recording studio, which is now kind of what everybody does. Um, I, I, well, all right, I guess that's sort of what I did. I, I bought, you know, yeah, a couple of grand worth of stuff uh, right out of college. And I was like, hey, I'm going to have a recording studio. Fun. And uh, so what I did was um, I, I thought in my head I was going to get, you know, the singer songwriter. So like a dude and a guitar and all he can afford is $10 an hour, which is what I was charging. And that's who we would get. And that is could not be farther from the truth who we got. We got predominantly rappers. Uh, and I think that's because of our, oh, hang on one second. Hey baby, you know, being with you makes me so happy. And you know, it's not hard for me to say you mean so much to me. And baby. So just keep in mind this talking part right now. I think I'm going to put this song in the in the mix twice because this song is so tremendous and the talk up to it is so damn long. Anyway, so what I got, because at the time uh, we lived in San Carlos and they were busing in a lot of kids from East Palo Alto because they don't have schools in East Palo Alto, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so um, we were, uh, I was getting all of these high school kids from East Palo Alto who wanted to be rappers to uh, be in my recording studio. So um, a one band that I got banned, quote unquote band, that I got was this guy's, um, they were three black guys in tuxedos and they were essentially a karaoke band. And so they would um, just put a track on and then 
uh, you know, sing along to it. And they would do this at like events, you know, like fundraisers and whatnot. Damnedest thing, man. Um, and uh, their their hook. This is an interesting sort of semi-racist hook that I think they never said to me, but clearly the whole trick to their performance was they they showed up in tuxedos, so black guys in tuxedos, okay, maybe not so racist, but the racist part comes in is that all the songs that they performed were essentially white people music they were the carpenters um i think that band that that we just heard is uh originally a bread song i mean it's 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 oh it's you know black guys and they're not doing james brown they're not doing soul they're not doing r&b they're not rapping they're playing you know close to you uh oh wow what a novel thing wait a minute that's vaguely racist. Ooh, that's the next that's the name of my new uh, game show. That's vaguely racist. So what you're listening to right now is another one of those bands that came through the recording studio. This band, uh, Dorothy's Melting, what a disaster these people were. Good God. What the you know, uh, I was talking uh, last time about being, you know, a band is like a marriage. This band was the most abusive relationship I think I've ever witnessed. So it's the oh God. So it's like uh, a mousy guitar player who has no spinal column whatsoever. The bass player, oddly enough, is the guy who's running the band. And it's if you listen to the music, it's very bass-driven. The lead singer is, uh, I guess, former girlfriend, but now baby mama. But I can't, I don't, I couldn't tell if they were together or not. And he would just constantly insult her, just over and over and over again. And the big joke that came out of this recording session was um, he. She sang something, and he liked it for once. A rare moment where he actually liked it, and he was trying to pay her a compliment, and he said, uh, okay, that sounded like garbage. Like, not in an insulting way. He meant the band Garbage, and she flips out. She starts screaming at him. She had finally just had enough, and, and... Uh, so so she just unloads on him and he's like, no, 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 I meant the band garbage. Eh. So this is all recorded on a little eight track reel to reel. I had an ass full of these people and I just said, look, just buy the tapes, take them away, go somewhere else and mix them because I cannot deal with you people anymore. This is one of those times where I actually had to fire a client and uh, I just, yeah, I just couldn't deal with them. Okay, well, we'll, we'll pay attention to the music as it comes in and goes. Um, I've realized that uh, because I don't give a shit about independent music anymore, that it's going to be very difficult for me to do this long term and continue to find new music to care about because I don't want to put on, you know, my journey collection in here uh, just because you've heard it all before. What, what's the point? And, you know, it'd be nice to turn people on. But I'm realizing like all this stuff is like, you know, 10, 20 years old. And, you know, these are bands that never made it. You couldn't even find their CD if you wanted to. Anyway, 
Uh, what did we do? What's been going on? So uh, we were in New York. I know what you're saying. New York? This must be an old episode, right? Right. I know, because it's November now. Nobody goes to New York in November, willingly, unless you live there, except us. So that wife of mine, I love the headphones, love her, but she is addicted to marathoning. And uh, the latest marathon uh, was in New York. Not only the latest, but, you know, uh, New York Marathon, for those people who run marathon, that's like... If not the top, maybe the number two marathon that they want to run. Why, 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 why? I don't know. It doesn't make a goddamn difference. You're just running. You want to go to, you want to go to New York? Let's go to New York. Let's not, why do, why do we have to be running? Anyway, so, um, so you, it's an insanely big and popular marathon and you only get in if you've run it. X number of times, or you've tried, I'm sorry, you've entered it an X number of times, you're a member of the New York Roadrunners Club, or you get in by uh, the lottery that they have, the lottery system. So Miriam gets in via the uh, lottery system. She's super excited. We got to go. And then Superstorm Sandy hits. And um, they, it, it hits on a Tuesday. We fly out on a Thursday. Everybody says the marathon's still a go. We land Thursday. We start hanging out. Miriam, oh, good, good, Colin Hay. Uh, you know, we, we all thought he was gone after uh, Men at Work went away. Well, he's got this great acoustic album. So this is uh, A Beautiful World. Um, and the whole album is great. It's a lot of very acoustic nice, mellow stuff. So Colin Hay, everybody from Men at Work, comes the message Friday, no more marathon. Uh, I guess, <laughs> here's the thing, there were still a lot of people without power, without electricity, and then you're going to stage a marathon in essentially a war-torn country, except the war that you're at war with is a, a tropical storm, a hurricane, and uh, not a despot. So, um, I, uh, I don't want to, I mean, the stuff that you saw on the news and in print, oh, in print, yeah, right, I'm just kidding, yeah, right, print, uh, that you saw on the web, yes, it all happened, um, I don't really think it was the norm. I mean, you see burned out buildings and it's like, yeah, I saw one or two um, and they were there. And we we actually went out. So there, there was nothing like that in Manhattan. But we did. We were feeling charitable. Oh, that wife of mine was feeling charitable because I guess she felt like an asshole for uh, being upset that the that she was upset that the marathon got canceled. And it's like, look, we still have power because the people we were staying with, they, ne they weren't really affected at all. So uh, she was like, yeah, I feel bad for feeling bad. So let's go do some charity. And I was like, ugh, all right, fine. Uh, and she was like, no, 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 you don't have to if you don't want to. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I'm going to sit at home. Yeah, right. That sounds like fun. And still this emptiness persists. Perhaps this is as good as it gets. So anyway, so we went out to the Rockaways. We went out to Red Hook, uh, two very affected areas. Uh, if you are friends with me on Facebook, you've been seeing pictures. Um, it, it was... 
Um, it was, it, you know, it, it, it was bad. Um, the, I think the worst part of it all is just not having power, which means you don't have heat. And not having heat in November is really bad. Um, so uh, I think, you know, a lot of people just kept thinking, oh, if we just wait it out, the power will come back on. And eventually some places did get their power turned on. I think there are still some places. It's probably been about two weeks and they're still in the dark. Uh, and a lot of people, the biggest the biggest thing that happened to people is, is their houses got flooded. And so uh, not, when the floods come in, they bring in the sewage and the sewer water and everything out of the sewers. And unless you've got something that you really, really love, you're going to be spending a ton of money to try and clean it to the point where you're not going to be sitting in a disease-filled couch. So most of the people just took all their junk and just threw it on the street. And they were like, yep, it's done. It's full of sewage. It's gone. And we passed a row of about 20 garbage trucks waiting to get into the affected areas. I guess they were trying to coordinate their efforts. They were just all lined up. And I, I couldn't get a picture of it, unfortunately, but uh, because you just couldn't see the enormity of it and how many trucks. Oh, uh, so this is Barbie Killed Ken coming in the background. Oh, I love how I'm talking about devastation and destruction. And then I'm also playing radio DJ at the same time. Hey, everybody, devastation and destruction on the radio dial. Now, catfish and floor wax in the morning. Hey. All right. So, I, I, there, there were uh, fun moments, crazy moments. Um, uh, um, I just uh, one thing about the affected part of Manhattan. Everything below 34th Street for a few days didn't have power, and that's about as bad as uh, Manhattan got hit. Uh, there were, you know, uh, I'm sure a couple of places, uh, basements, uh, got some water, stuff like that. I, I don't, you know, I didn't see any sort of big destruction. And I think everybody in Manhattan got their power back after four days. So one of the things, so the, the person that we stayed with uh, does not have cable, does not have satellite, does not have Wi-Fi. Yeah, that was, it was like camping, really. Uh, and so we were there, and but what she does have is uh, a uh, HD antenna, wi uh, not Wi-Fi, but a, but a TV antenna for HD signals, which looks really good. And she's, you know, Manhattan's basically flat, so you're not dealing with mountains, you know, blocking you. And uh, so one of the things I watched a whole bunch of is the Bounce channel. Now, Bounce is, again, slightly racist um, it, you know BET uh, black entertainment television very upfront with their like hey this this is for black people bounce actually kind of hides it a little bit and 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 but sort of yes and sort of no I mean like they call the show they, they call the channel bounce well on first I mean I don't know maybe it stands for something but on first glance you're just like Okay, bounce, that's fine. And then when you when you realize that everything you've watched for the past four hours is nothing but black actors, you're like, wait a sec. And then, and then when they bring out these Soul Train reruns, you're like, okay, now we're in the shit. Now, now I see what's going on. But to call the channel bounce, it's sort of like, 
Well, that's a, you know, it's just a thing black people say. Hey, man, I got to bounce. Like, white people don't say that, right? Who says, what white guy you know says, hey, man, I got to bounce. That's why we're calling the channel Bounce, because that's something black people say. Vaguely racist. So, uh... It, the, the, but the crazy thing about the TV channel Bounce versus BET is like BET is moving forward, right? Like they are trying, I think they have their own programming. Like they're, they're like the reruns they do play or maybe, you know, they'll play uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or something like that. You know, something that's like 10 years old. Oh, Fluid Ounces. This is uh, another independent band that never made it. And uh, this is uh, their song Record Stack. This you can actually buy on Amazon if you want. But Bounce, man. Bounce is crazy because it, it is like... It's like the program director is like an ex-Black Panther. I mean, oh, look, I'm just making this up. I have no idea. But it just seems like a guy who understands... Who, who looked at the 70s as like when black people were at their most mighty, at their strongest point, and they were like, this is what I want to remember. Like, we need to get back to this point. And they would show, no kidding, Soul Train reruns, which was a ridiculous show of just people dancing. Like, not professionals. It was just some schmuck who showed up to the studio and got past, you know, the screener that day. But then they also show like black exploitation movies of the 70s, like stuff you've never heard of. And yet, you know, every single movie, it's like the black guy is like the the superhero, you know, sort of the black dynamites of their era and guys you've never heard of and, and movies, of course, you've never heard of. And it's just like. Wow, this is this is what you want your TV channel to be is just throwbacks to the 70s when dudes had giant afros like you're not looking progressively at all. Okay, bounce. That's fine. Okay, so the other crazy thing, um, not crazy thing, <laughs> another thing, a thing that happened while we were in New York. Um, obviously, New York is a very old city, you know, one of the oldest in the United States, if not the oldest. And it's crazy in just how um, you, you'll go to a place that they have tried to retrofit in some weird way into something that fits their purpose. So we were at this uh, clothing store that's kind of a low-grade Macy's called 21st Century, which uh, is weird because I always think of the real estate company. So um, I'm, 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 I have to go to the bathroom, so I'm in the bathroom and um, I am at the urinal and I look to my right and then there's a mirror there and I'm like and I instantly go to that place of like oh god I hate like watching myself pee as I pee and then I'm realizing I can see my dick in the mirror and so can it I mean like I mean it was empty at the time but I was just like any anybody anybody could come here and watch me pee if they wanted to they could see my dick they could see my stream the whole thing, right? Whole show. Party. 
So then I'm I'm mashing my entire pelvis into the urinal because I, I I'm I'm being seen by all sides. Like normally, you know, for you ladies who don't know about this, normally you kind of like angle yourself so you don't you don't have everybody looking at your dick. But then I notice that the door to the bathroom is directly to my left. So I've got the mirror to my right, the door to my left. I'm face fucking this urinal because I don't want everybody to see my dick. But then again, in the, I, I don't know. I guess it's not so bad if they see my dick. I guess I, I guess the worst is, is if I would be accused of showing them my dick. Hell, I was at the ferry building last night. There was a dude peeing hands-free. That seems way more dangerous than just showing some randos my dick. But anyway, who designs a bathroom like this where it's like, here's your dick, here's the mirror, wave as you pee? Oh, here's a little uh, Tom Waits from uh, Frank's Wild Years. Uh, if you have not checked out some Tom, I'm look, I'm not saying everybody has to like Tom Waits, but you really do yourself a favor and check it out. So uh, getting uh, continuing on the whole bathroom thing, um, uh, I, uh, I, I realized that I have a uniform that I wear to work, right? You know, and, and it's, it's not the same thing every day, but it's very similar. You know, I'll, I'll get a pair of shoes that I like wearing and I'll just wear them all the time. And I noticed that when I'm in the stall at work, you notice there's still, I'm just obsessed with the bathroom. Uh, I, I will, any sort of weird noise that comes from an adjacent stall I'm consumed with. I'm like, what's going on over there? There was a guy the other day uh, at work. He was kind of just, it was kind of more like just a, and, um, I, I was just like, oh God, is he all right? Do I, should I call someone? Uh, is he, you know, and, uh, and so um, I, I immediately, my reaction is look at their feet. Who is that? How do I know who they are? Cause I want to know, I've got to know who this is. And so I look at their shoes uh, and I've noticed that I could, if I am doing anything suspect, I could easily, so easily be outed because I wear the same goddamn shoes every day. And they're not unique. I mean, they are unique. They're not, they're not uh, generic at all. So anybody could just be like, it's that guy. I better watch myself. So, um, speaking of marathons, uh, there was a, a, uh, a story the other day that this guy not only ran a marathon, but he finished it while wearing flip-flops. Dude, come on, man. Like, you're making the rest of us look bad. I realize this is your thing, but Jesus, dude, could you just... Could you just not make me feel like a total asshole for being so lazy and having no endurance? And what's great, uh, so I'm gonna make this picture the uh, cover photo of the of the of the episode. So if you'll see a guy running, you'll understand why. But check out the guy behind him who's sort of leaning up against the pole. He's he's got a look on his face, almost like, "Hey, dude, why are you taking my picture? Why are you taking my picture, dude?" And it's like, dummy. We're not interested in you. We're interested in the dude, the asshole in flip-flops. That's who we care about. 
slight change of pace here. We're going to go with a little uh, Dancehall Crashers. Back when ska was big. That's right. Uh, uh, early 90s. Anyway, so here's the thing. There's another thing I'm obsessed with. So I was uh, interviewing for this job, and their whole business model was providing advertising for uh, radio stations that want to have a presence on the internet. So um, they want to do sort of geo-targeted, that's an industry term, geo-targeting. They want, they want, uh, you know, they don't want to do advertising, national advertising for this radio station. They want to do, you know, ads that are specific to a region. And so they need a specific technology in order to do that. And so that's what this company provided was a way for traditional terrestrial radio stations to advertise on the Internet. Now, it did seem bonkers to me because I was like, I'm not going to work for a company whose whole business model is surrounding a outdated form of communication. I mean, who who is listening to radio on the internet and I asked people on Facebook I was like so what's I mean who does this why do you do this and then people are like oh I like to be surprised by new music and it's like well then go to Pandora because they will feed you new stuff all the time like who is the person who is like oh I'm sitting at my computer I I would like to listen to traditional radio I would love to listen to 20 minutes of commercials an hour uh really do because because pandora pandora gives you like two minutes of commercials maybe four minutes of commercials an hour traditional radio gives you a whole shit ton more and with pandora you can skip up to uh three songs i think uh an hour no three songs three songs in a row you can skip and you can't do that and you can't tell that the radio station hey i really like this song please play it again more often you can't do any of that and yet and pandora's free too so i don't understand and the other crazy thing is these people are just one technological leap away from being out of business right because all they need is uh to make pandora in your car as easy as a regular radio station right like and, and it kind of already is. I mean, um, some cars are, do have, like, Pandora integration. So you, you Bluetooth marry your phone or just plug it in through the USB thing and then bring up your Pandora app and you can control it directly from the car. Anyway, this is my little soapboxy thing. I just can't believe... And, and I, I brought this up to, the, I, you know, my people on Facebook. They're like, yeah, I still listen to it. Why? Why are you doing this? This doesn't make any goddamn sense. All right. Well, anyway, that's a, that's enough of me soapboxing. So anyway, basically, I told the woman, I was like, look, you're going to be out of a job in five years. I, I, I can't work for you. Sorry. Not that they were offering me the job either, but, you know. Oh, this is um, Mercy by Duffy. Uh, a really great, the, the album is called Rock Fairy. Uh, really great album. Uh, really unfortunate that she just didn't take off. And I don't know why. I mean, this is this was a big hit. It should have, but it didn't. So, uh, yeah, if, if you liked this song, uh, the rest of the album is uh, very much like that. Um, so... Uh, one of the things, so I was talking to this guy the other day who uh, used to work on a nuclear submarine, a nuclear vessel. 
And um, I was talking to him about uh, we just you know life on the submarine and and things and surprisingly low tech submarines. Um, just because uh, the, when you're in a submarine and you're you know a thousand feet underwater, you don't want to have to depend on computers. So a lot of that stuff, you know, that you see that thing in the in like Titanic where the guy has the giant um, handle and he pulls it back and it goes ching 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 and it's like tells the engine room like how what speed they want to go. Yeah, they still do that. It's not a giant lever anymore. It's like a dial that you spin. But still, it's like wow, is that super super old school? And it goes ching 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 and then the engine room ching chings back like yes we got it got it understood we're gonna get going soon crazy but anyway so the so the interesting thing about all of this is that um women are not allowed to serve on uh submarines uh because dudes are horny animals and they would rape the shit out of them apparently i guess i don't know uh, vaguely racist. Anyway, so they were talking about getting all female crews for submarines. When this guy was leaving the Navy, uh, they were just talking about doing that. And that, we, I mean, look, so we were beating to death that idea of, uh, you know, uh, women uh, all getting on their same cycles when they're t- together, which being in a submarine with a whole submarine full of women all on their same cycle has just got to be tremendous. Um, I love the idea, too, of like, um, you know, a, a warrior, a, 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 an enemy ship or submarine or something uh, like attacks the female submarine and then it you know the submarine rises to the surface and the hatch opens up and out comes this female face you know looking back at the male face and and the males are all like they're all horny and sex up and they're like Fuck yeah man we gonna we got this prisoner sub and we're gonna totally have sex with all these broads because they're just as horny as we are this is great and so they get into the submarine and then the hatch closes And then all you see, like, hanging from the ceiling are just used tampons. And they're just hanging. And then the women are all just glaring at the dude. And they just are all PMSing all at the same time. And then the last thing that you see, like, you see, like, the hand, like, try and reach up and get to the ladder to escape. And then you just hear, like, a scream and fade to red. Yeah, fade to red. Ooh, that's what it's called. Or maybe it's just called for Hunt for Red October. There you go. And then we also had the same idea of, like, God, can you imagine just having, like, all these used tampons? And then, like, what if part of the, um, the, the movie is like they take all the used tampons and they fashion them together and they make some sort of like torpedo tampon torpedo and they shove it in the tube and they fire it out and then of course it swells up as it gets in the water and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it becomes this giant tampon torpedo going against the enemy submarine crazy Ivan that Anyway, so uh, this is, I can't remember the name of this band, Bloodhound Gang, and uh, their song, The Lap Dance is So Much Better When the Stripper is Crying. Well, 
extra than you. Okay, so uh, the other thing that I can't believe I forgot about uh, from New York, um, we stayed a, a bit of our time in Brooklyn, and Brooklyn, uh, you know, very diverse. You know, it's uh, it's got a lot of different stuff going on. We were in Williamsburg, which is the sort of hipster capital of Brooklyn, and um, Brooklyn, I mean, hipsters. I don't know why I hate them so much, but I do. I really do. Um, I, I think the thing that I dislike about it so much is that I spend my whole life trying to make my life easier. And hipsters apparently seem to spend their entire lives making their lives harder, right? So skinny jeans and fixed gear bicycles. Hey, hey, hipsters, guess what? We have this thing where, it, like, if the hill gets a little steep, you can change gears. Oh, no, 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 no. We wouldn't want that. That would make our lives easier. No, no, no. We want to spend our time uh, overly manicuring our facial hair and uh, trying to maneuver in our skinny jeans and dealing with everything to make it more difficult. Fantasies come true. So I says... Even this one I have where Jesus Christ is jackhammer, Mickey Mouse in the doo-doo hole with a lawn dart as Garth Brooks gives birth to something resembling a cheddar cheese log with almonds on Santa Claus's tummy tum. And the other thing that bothers me about hipsters is um, it, it, it also has this feeling of uh, I can't like anything genuinely. It's all ironic. Like, I feel like it's almost like they're mad at the world and they're like, I dare you to like this, right? I dare you to find me attractive. I'm going to make myself as unattractive as possible. I dare you to, you know, I to, to, uh, you know, ride this bicycle. I dare to make your life harder because life's too easy. Maybe that's it. Oh, maybe they've got crazy survivor's guilt, right? Like they're just like, oh, I can't. There's too many starving people. I don't know why that voice. Too many starving people. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think that's what drives me so crazy. I mean, honestly, I, why, why should I care about hipsters? I mean, they don't have any, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't have to do it. And if they want to make their lives harder, so be it. But it, oh, oh, so here's the part that really drove me crazy. This is where I was like, all right, I fold. Uh, I, there was a audio store in Williamsburg and it's basically turntables. Oh, okay, great. All right, fine. If you want to like a turntable, like a turntable. But they didn't sell really any vinyl except for this one record. So I don't know if you're familiar with the CD series. Uh, now that's what I call music. So they had an album there called Now That's What I Call MIDI. And so for those of you who aren't familiar with MIDI music, uh, MIDI was basically uh, a way to, uh, it was basically like, you know, those piano player pianos and you look at, at, at what it is and it's just essentially a uh, piano roll of paper and then the paper goes by and then it lets the piano know like, oh yeah, play this note here, this note there. That's essentially what MIDI is. And, um, you, you know, it's just a piano roll and then, uh, except it's digital and then it's up to whatever sound card you have to make those sounds and so you know in the early days of like computer gaming especially when they didn't have a lot of room for file size 
like like this this thing that you're listening to right now, very MIDI-esque, you know, very piano roll, uh, 8-bit sound. Anyway, so, um, so they had this album uh, called Now That's MIDI, in which all they did was they took MIDI files that somebody had made, I don't know who made these, of popular songs, and then uh, put it, you know, outputted it through some shitty 8-bit sound card, and then recorded it on vinyl, because it sounds better. You have this digital thing, I mean, this is just the, the height of irony, right? Like, this is the height of... Oh, isn't it ironic? We're taking an 8-bit file and we're putting on vinyl. Oh, isn't that so clever? That's the other thing I, I think I don't like about it is it's just this, oh, look how clever I'm being. No, you're not being clever. You're being stupid. All right. I, I said we would play it twice. Let's play it twice. Hell, we may have to play it more than twice, actually. So uh, let's get back to uh, Leonardo and uh, for your inspiration. I love that little, what is that? Just that little ring, that little guitar, like glissando, I think that's what they call it. Anyway, so um, one of the things that I, I didn't get into previously is uh, the fact that I don't have the FYI, the For Your Inspiration tapes. I think they must have bought them, taken them away, whatever. Um, and I really wish I did because their rendition of The Carpenter's Close to You was just fantastic. Um, but the, the thing that I, I failed to mention is, um, so these are essentially karaoke tapes, right? And I don't know why they do this, but apparently on all the karaoke tapes, they do an instrumental break. I'm guessing it's because um, if you are not doing karaoke to it, if you're doing, if you're like an instrumentalist and you're not singing anything and you want to do a solo, then they give you this instrumental break to solo, I guess. I don't know, but they, every single one of them had it. And, um, Every single time these guys would come up against the instrumental break, they would have a talkie part. And so we've already heard the talkie part. Uh, and, and honestly, I'm going to pause when it comes up again because it's so amazing. But uh, and it was always, you know, the sexy voice. Hey, babe, I want to get with you. Also wildly weird and inappropriate for live events. But OK. Okay, so the, the, the reason why I have this tape is because apparently there was some unrest in the For Your Inspiration community. And, oh wait, here it is. You know, being with you makes me so happy. And you know, it's not hard for me to say you mean so much to me. And baby, I think we can make it. And you know, I'd like to make it with you. Oh, so fantastic. It's, it just fills my heart with joy every time I hear it. But anyway, so there was some trouble in their organization. They, uh, shortly, shortly after they made this tape with me, they split up. And, um, 
They so then this guy who we're listening to now is Leonardo, and he's the the, the talent of the group. And so he called me up and he was like, "Look, I want to do my own tape." With you, although I don't know. I mean, like the gimmick of the thing was it was three black guys in tuxedos. Does anybody care to, to see one black guy in a tuxedo? I don't think so. So anyway, he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I want to come and do a tape." So he did this song and a couple others, and they weren't nearly that good. Uh, certainly, there were no carpenters. Um, and and uh, he used to do. The, oh, never mind. And he used to do it like a Michael Jackson thing in the Carpenter song. God, I wish I still had that. All right. Um, but then the really fun. Thing was, um, one of the other band members, I guess, got wind that Leonardo was doing a solo tape. So he called me up, the other guy, more out of spite, I think, than anything else. Like, oh, I hear Leonardo's doing a tape. Sorry. I didn't really mean that to come out as black as it did, but, uh, or as trying to be black as it did. But yeah, he was mad. He was like, hey, I hear Leonardo's doing a tape. I needed, I needed to do a tape. Like it wasn't, it wasn't even like he had thought it out. It was like, he's doing a tape. I'm doing a tape. We're all doing tapes. I'll show him. So anyway, um, I don't remember what the other guy's name was, but yes, that is the saga, the drama, the, uh, the romance. No, uh, the, uh, the soap opera of, of being in a band. So from me, from the music of Bright Brown, from mu- from radio on the internet, go fuck yourself. And we'll be doing this one more time. Till then! From the depth of my-